Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 38 of Casual Watch Talk. You're joined by Sam and Chris. How have you been this week, Chris? Uh, pretty good, hanging in there. 38, getting up there. Nice. I know, we're nearly next milestone, which is 40, which I'll also mm. be personally hitting in November. <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah, 40 it's, and 40. It's, I didn't expect my um, leading up to my 40th year to be quite the interesting year, but... <laughs> uh, and by interesting you meant a, uh, a dumpster fire on gar- on my head <laughs> it's incredible so. to think that the millennium was 20 years ago that just freaks me no, out right? every time i think about that <laughs> the uh, when everyone was like the millennium bug and i think i had right. a there's some watches isn't there that only went up to 99 i remember i had an apple oh, yeah. newton that did it and yeah. then you had to get it reflashed or whatever yeah lots of older like uh, lots of the older casios like they just they don't like you can't you you can set it to 20 but it's you know wednesday and not <laughs> whatever 19 20 yeah um so yeah a lot of a lot of that and they're like they just didn't i mean even today like there's there's it surprises me the stuff that they just don't think like oh it'll have you know oh this will be around for 20 years and you're like oh no it's we're still using it <laughs> oh definitely well we've got a pretty light news week this week but i think we're going to make up for it with a really interesting main topic and this is something that i've been interested in covering on the podcast for a long time and that is an introduction to watch modding because you've done quite a lot now haven't you chris i think mm-hmm. you've been mm-hmm. teaching yourself for what the last couple of years or yeah, i'd say that yeah yeah so and... we'll go into introduction to watch modding because this is pertinent to that wallbrook that i just bought that we were changing the movement in which sound i suppose that sounds quite scary for and it certainly to me sounds quite scary mm-hmm. as a as a watch collector that you're ripping the heart of a watch out <laughs> right yeah yeah and, and going into it like yeah heart surgery exactly it, it's there's stuff to watch out for which we'll definitely talk about yeah i'm really interested for that one well let's kick it off as always with watch obsession so what's your watch obsession been this week chris um, I think Watch Obsession has been watch spotting on a couple of the new sci-fi shows that I've been watching. Oh yeah, on various streaming channels, and I posted on um, I posted on a forum where actually where no one had figured out uh, there's a uh, there's a particular watch in a way. I've been uh, watching that on <clears throat> Netflix. This is the new show yeah. where they go to Mars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a little it's a little um uh it's a little more of the personal drama than it is the like space sci-fi so i watched that and i watched uh for all mankind i was catching up with for all mankind which is on uh apple streaming yeah and the difference is like night and day as far as like how the the effects are done and the science fiction i mean it's like they nailed with with uh for all mankind they absolutely nailed the apollo era their technology how like the landers and and the different parts and pieces and how that all works um whereas i think a way the set is a little you know it's a little sci-fi kind of you know in the future we will have some miracle technology but it but it looks like a bunch of like you know stainless steel pipes and wires that someone has sort of put together <laughs> it's that for all mankind if anybody's not seen it it's got a very interesting premise hasn't it where it's almost rewriting history mm-hmm. but yeah. presenting yeah, so... it as if it was a, a document right. a sort of docudrama on it yeah yeah alternate reality so what what would happen if uh, the Russians made it to the moon before us. Yeah, uh, in the space race, and uh, yeah, very, you know, historically accurate to start with, and then of course they, you know, they that 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 timeline peels away. But um, you know, they deal with von Braun and um, and sort of the uh, stuff that was going on in the background in the '60s. Um, you know, racial inequality and et cetera, et cetera, and as well as uh, female uh, inequality. Um, and they touch on all that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. So I'm guessing 
I watched the first couple of episodes of Away, so clearly there was Speedmasters in there and Speedmasters yeah. on NATOs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, one of the main characters uh, was it Matt has uh, he's got he's got his Speedmaster on a NATO, um, and it was funny. I was and if you watch them back to back, Sam, I think um, the two production companies are are like simultaneously keeping Omega in business with this. There has to be, you know, $32,000 worth of Speedmasters in, in just these two, you know, just these two space productions. I mean, cause like there has to be, I, I saw at least five, 10 of them in for all mankind. It's weird. Cause you can't think of another watch. I can't think of another watch that would have to be there. When you make something about space or a historical documentary, you you have to have a speedmaster in it, right? And right. Isn't that weird? I can't. Can you think of another watch where? I mean, of course, you've got watches where you would expect a Rolex to be there, like Scarface and Sopranos and things like that, where you're like, well, of course they would wear a Rolex, but the Rolex it doesn't have to be there. It's not historically significant, whereas. Right. The the Omega Speedmaster, if you're making anything to do with space right. or historical space, I mean the Speedmaster has to be there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I, we haven't, uh, I haven't started watching it yet, but the uh, the documentary on the Challenger disaster, yeah, um, which is you know, but but if they are doing anything with anything with the space shuttle, it's going to be the X thirty three. I mean, every, I mean, Mike Massimino, as we've talked about, he wears that every, he wears that watch every day. That's his you know, space everyday watch. Yeah. And he's been, that watch has been in orbit, you know, more times than I'll ever be. And so uh, they're, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I think maybe, maybe like some of the, like a vintage racing that, that would have to have some like tag horror stuff in it. Or like a Paul but, Newman life documentary yeah. if they did like a bio autobiography drama. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I'd have to go back. I haven't watched. I this is, uh, I haven't watched Ford versus Ferrari yet. I'm. I don't know why. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I sort of. It's been on my watch list for too long, and uh, I'm sure that that's going to be that's going to be one of those where there'll be a couple of uh, you know Monaco's that I'll certainly are in there. Um, but no, you're right. I can't think of any any other that sort of demands that that has to be that that one watch is sort of associated with so well. So, I mean, good for Omega marketing, taking, taking that back to, um, back to away. So I paused and figured out in a couple of shots, uh, Rom, who's played by, uh, Ray Pentaki, if I spell it, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, he's, he's definitely wearing this, uh, citizen Flieger. Um, it's a, like a citizen Flieger chronograph. Okay. And uh, it's got the, uh, you know, it's got the big, it's, it's a pretty big watch. Um, and, it's, and it's a modern eco drive with the, you know, big triangle at the top. Um, and yeah, I went so far as to uh, post over on Watch You Seek because I'm very, you know, this, this tickles my fancy as far as spotting. And it seems like the Russian uh, cosmonaut in the show um, is wearing a uh, Poljot, Poljot, P-O-L-J-O-T. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because so I couldn't he, notice that. I don't think that must come in later episodes because I couldn't. I was watch spotting as well on that, and I couldn't yeah. see it straight away. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought I was searching for like I was at first. I was like I thought maybe it was modern, so I was searching for uh, like a champagne dial Fortis is kind of what I just took a stab at it. Yeah, and then and then when I um, saw that two of the characters were wearing citizen. I, I did that search and I couldn't find anything that looked like it, but but someone has uh, done a pretty good close up shot of it and figured out it was a a Polyot chronograph thirty one thirty three. And interesting, he wears two watches. I don't know what the second watch is. It's sort of like a blacked out. That's an iconic you know, part of it, isn't it? Where he's got the two watches on yeah. there, similar to how the astronauts used to wear the G Shock and then the mm-hmm. Speedmaster. Yeah, and and even now you'll see. Uh, there's a there's a astronaut on the ISS right now that wears his Speedmaster, and then they have like a heartbeat temperature sensor monitor that kind of looks like the original like basic Timex 
um, and it might even be made by them, uh, that just that he that he wear, you know wears two two watches. It has the time on it, but he doesn't. Uh, he he has it. He has it face down instead of face up. Yeah. So that they both of them fit easier on the wrist, kind of thing. But yeah, also iconic, like wearing two wristwatches in space. That's a. It's interesting that because I think I'll, I certainly didn't upload on the channel around it that Timex has got a very long and storied history with U.S. space travel. I mean, a mm-hmm. Timex watch was one of the five or so that NASA have authorized that mm-hmm. uh, collaboration mm-hmm. with that that they did with the Microsoft watch. First, arguably one of the first smartwatches that was ever made. Mm-hmm. The Timex mm-hmm. Data Link. Yeah. So it was uh yeah, well uh, definitely my obsession was uh was checking out all the uh all of the the wristwatches that were popping up on these two shows and I'm sure uh, we'll continue. <laughs> it's interesting the watch choice in a way, isn't it? Cuz I still haven't watched enough of it to work out what the timeline is. I can't tell whether it's 20 years in the future or whether it's an alternative present yeah, day. Yeah, that's I feel so I think that was a good choice for them. Um because I think that too many sci-fi, they sort of like, they, they you know, plant a flag in a particular year or time. Mm. And they're like, 20, 2030 is going to be amazing. And, and it's like, I'm close enough to 2030 to know it's not going to be that amazing. <laughs> and so, and so I, I, I almost like it when they don't. Because it's like, because then they don't have to really explain you know, and they and they don't have to go into the crazy like if they do if they show a shot of like a house, you know, and like oh the cars that they have from the future, you know, this sort of thing. So it's like it goes anytime that they ha- anytime they say like oh, okay we have to plan it far in the future, then what happens is then like we have to like Ridley Scott like your front yard and like have all sorts of stuff like you know your flying space car or whatever that yeah. you have. And it just gets it gets over it gets so it's almost better to just not say what year it is and just be like listen we're going to Mars we look like a team it's funny uh <laughs> funny you say about the way and guys you'll have to watch it it's it's on Netflix but it's funny what you say about the way because there's the daughter in it this isn't a spoiler but they've they've got a daughter the the wife is the one that's going to Mars. And the daughter's fashion, I was joking with my wife, I was saying they've picked a style for her of a fashion that has never been in fashion ever. (laughs) It's not like a 90s throwback or anything. She's that poorly dressed that it's just never, ever been in fashion. Right. Anyway, she's wearing like a sometimes like a military sort of uh, shirt with like really huge jeans on sort of sort of 90s. Um, but I, I, yeah, and, and also the the music in it, the music in it is is an older generation. I would say like a boomer generation yes. music that is it's fine, but it sort of I I it sort of made me think kind of the same thing. Like where is this? Where is this from? Like what what time is this set in? Where is this from? Because of the like you wouldn't have. You know, you wouldn't have like you know uh, a rock song from the 1970s in in a drama about the 90s. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. So. Well, I've been doing a, w- a bit of watch spotting as well. We've just finished off, and I don't know how we did it. I think we've been watching it every day. But the new series of MacGyver, which I think has been out for about four or five years, right? And um, they remade the original TV series, of course, from the the 90s, the late 80s and 90s. And and I was a bit skeptical because it was one of those things that I loved when I was a kid. I loved the original MacGyver with <laughs> Will with, it hold up? Yeah, yeah, Richard Dean Anderson was it. And this one totally holds up. And there's a lot of watches in the in the TV series that mm-hmm. pay pivotal moments, but not all of them. There's a, in the second series. There's MacGyver gets his father's watch. And it looks very reminiscent of those divers from the 70s, but it's not branded. But I think mm-hmm. his main watch in it, 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 it was more of a character in the first series, I would say, was like a Timex Weekender, I think, mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. Timex kind of military one. But as the seasons have gone on, there's a lot of watches in it, but you don't necessarily, you can't necessarily tell them what they are, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a was a weird choice, whether they didn't want to tie themselves to a specific brand or they didn't have a brand deal, but you could have easily wedged in a a watch brand in there because the there's certain scenes where the watches become you know become a pivotal right. part of the yeah yeah for the explosions yeah all the explosions it i i had uh, i think i wonder if it was uh macgyver 
But there was a show that uh, my wife was watching, and she paused it, and and she's even she knows now when she's like it was full screen, like a full screen like watch shot where the where the antagonist was like looking at like what time is it, you know? And uh, it was a unbranded. It was clearly made to look like a uh, like a JLC or a oh, yeah. uh, or a Cartier tank. Uh, it's clearly made to look like a Cartier tank, but didn't have any. And they had like they made up. So I can't remember the name of the brand, but like it was some made up brand that, you know, where they where the where they took the effort to make a completely random branded watch so that they, you know, wouldn't have to call up Cartier. And Yeah, it's and funny because <laughs> I mean, MacGyver even goes to the point of where the mechanic, the mechanics of the watch that he, uh, that he's, his dad's missing in the first um mm-hmm. season presumed dead or whatever and he takes apart the watch there's a significant scene where he's actually in the mechanical movement of the watch oh, but still it's, there's no branding of the watch right. but anyway okay well that was uh that was some fun watch spotting and you'll have to let us know on the facebook group if you've spotted any interesting watches there's a like a an imdb isn't there of watches i quite like but also like you said some of the watch forums are quite good at picking yeah. out the watches I'll, I'll make sure to uh i'll make sure to post that one uh that link for watch you seek um and their their forums are really good for that um on the uh, facebook channel yeah um so first news stories as i said it's a bit of a light news week there's been some interesting ones around brightling increased its watch sales its online watch sales and it looks like the watch market is kind of coming back around now but i probably need to do a bit more research on the actual facts and figures maybe i'll do that for next week of whether this is a recovery whether it was just boredom of people at home buying watches online and that offset retail sales which you would expect to do i i also hear a lot of companies that are saying um, oh, we're doing we're doing better than forecasted, and so that you could say, well, okay, well, w- w- was that forecast made post COVID? Because yes. that forecast, like that forecast, was zero <laughs> in some situations, in some industries, it was like, yeah, we're going to make no money, um, and so like better than forecasted, you know, like oh, we did we did one hundred and fourteen percent better than forecasted, like well, yeah, but what does that look like, you know, pre? pre-covid yeah and it's funny as well um i don't know if you cottoned on to the new apple watch but it's got one of those i've forgotten the name of the sensor but essentially it senses oxygen in the blood which apparently was a sign of co of suffering from covid because it was oh, a wow. respiratory disease so people are saying oh now the new apple watch can test whether you've got covid or not oh, it, it would probably <laughs> report you wouldn't it automatically right Right. Uh, but, and I'm sure uh, Apple's like the the opening is like you have to click a thing that says we do not test for this. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so I think the two ones that stood out for me was I don't know why I like the look of this, but Casio released an edifice in relation to the F1 team. The Alpha mm-hmm. Chorai, is it? It looks pretty cool. It's got a kind of a I've never seen this before, but it's a, a, bla- a gray to white faded dial. Um, so not mm. like a sunburst it's f- at the tops like a gray and it fades to a white it looks pretty yeah. cool normally yeah, these edifices sharp. don't really float my boat anymore but this one i quite like the look of it yeah yeah it's sharp with the blue kind of the gray blue colors that they've chosen um and the dial i i, I think it certainly can suffer the edifice line certainly suffers from the amount of text and stuff on the dial you know some of them are okay and then some are just like what i first of all i can't tell what time it is let alone what altitude and direction we're at you know yeah i'm sure the um, technology's got a lot better i got the first ever edifice watch that had the bluetooth capability it, it worked some of the time but it certainly wasn't perfected and that was five or six years ago so i imagine the mm-hmm. technology is a lot better now speaking of f1 i uh one of the one of the teams is uh changing for 2021 um peugeot nope sorry not peugeot uh renault is becoming alpine so oh. if you remember that little blue car yeah. that little blue sports car little it. alpine uh they did rally it actually too that's why i'm kind of caught my attention um, so they are switching the team over to that brand and basically 
sort of stepping back as a as the engine manufacturer for F1, so that they can get um, they can quarter, they can sort of focus on what they do, providing engines for F1, and and not have to be held to um, coming in in the top three or the top five or whatever. Um, so it's an interesting marketing, but it made me think of uh, of uh, whether uh, Bell and Ross is going to go to uh, Alpine. Because I've used this car in some of my uploads. Because they used to, there's a a classic car show which obviously stopped now for COVID. But there was a classic car show, and there was a guy that had a beautiful version of that car, uh, and he had the Hoyer stopwatches in there as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he knew that these were several thousand dollar stopwatches, but it, it, they were mounted into the dash to right. how the rally cars. Yeah, yeah, how the rally cars were done. Yeah, the uh, A110. Um, is their new, uh, the mid-engine rear-wheel drive sports car. It was, uh, they, they brought it back. They've been selling it for a little while. And so it's it's an interesting choice in, in, a, in a kind of a couple reasons because it's not, you know, it's not like a Toyota or a, you know, major manufacturer that's that's getting involved here. It's, it's sort of this one-off sports car brand that is being built by another uh, company, kind of, you know, uh, almost like Alfa Romeo, um, where... You know they're they're certainly bigger, but it's you know that's a that's a giant conglomeration. Yeah, lots of crossover here between the Swatch Group that owns fifteen brands. You know, there's the Fiat Group that owns fifteen brands. So speaking of uh, racing, so they had the twenty four hours of Le Mans this weekend, and not in June. It kind of kind of caught me off guard because I was not. I had heard that it was postponed, um, and then they're racing it. Uh, so I watched it. Watched it uh, this weekend. Uh, first off, I was sad that like no spectators. I mean, that is usually a festival, mm-hmm. and so there was no. There's nobody in the stands. There's just the cars on course, um, and then a, a typical, you know, for us watch spotting. Um, one one thing that I just wanted to mention was uh, uh, Richard Mill had an all female driving team at uh, at the race car number 50 oh interesting um and so they, so they had like and this is a like this is a team their branding so i mean it isn't like a sub brand this is the richard mill race team what car were they in what were the mercedes uh, or something so it's a no it's a uh it's a it's a p2 uh lmp2 um uh, prototype oh, wow. so i don't uh i don't know currently what engine it runs but it's one of the one of the prototype cars that uh that that you know that the team set up and uh they did they did really well so they came in uh ninth overall so oh, that's impressive uh, so the, the yeah, driving and the yeah. pit crew and everything uh well the three drivers okay. were all female so three you know so uh in uh, Le Mans 24 hour you have a minimum time that you have to drive so you have three drivers and they have to, they have a minimum time that they have to be in the car turning laps um and as long as that's met you can do any combination of you know you could have one person run for you know eight hours or mm. something and then, and then switch them. usually it's a uh you know it's a it's a it's a very strategic switch where you put the person that's super experienced in the race car in the beginning when everything is crazy and there's 60 cars on track and they have to keep it neat um, and then you put the young guy who has, or young female, <laughs> young woman who has, uh, who can see at night and is not going to have a problem with like the sun coming up. Um, cause that hour, those hours are scary where you're just in dusk mm-hmm. and it's hard to see and your eyes have to be, you need 20 year old eyes for that. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and then, and then the, then the driver that would be appropriate for the, for the final laps, that sort of thing. And then, you know, maybe, maybe move through the through it a couple of times but uh interesting uh, interesting stuff from uh, the racing world this week that's cool well then one more story before we pause for an ad break and then get into our section on modding is i, I talked about this last week bamford who are the famous uh, watch modders and they also have their own brand of watches they released a limited edition g-shock it looks cool it sold out in minutes or there's mm-hmm. clowns putting it was 150 dollars, and there's already several on ebay for 700 dollars. so i yeah. emailed them because it said inquire now and i just said 
are these coming out again? Is this going to be a regular thing? And they said, oh, no, you can only get it from Beaverbrooks in the UK now. So it's a real sneaky thing. Mm. And this, I need to do a proper research on this limited edition stuff and maybe make it into a YouTube video because it, I think it's getting outrageous now. I mean, mm-hmm. a G-Shock of all things that it looks awesome. I mean, if they've done this, I think we talked about it last week where it looks almost as if it's like the Matrix where some of the characters look partially burnt in. There's some ghost right. in there. I mean, if they've got yeah. that sort of Nixie tube type look to it, it's going to be incredible. I, I just do not understand why it has to be limited edition. It's a G-Shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could have probably sold two or three times as many. If they sold out in in three minutes they've not made enough right yeah yeah i'm we've we've spoken it's it's past time for watch companies to not recognize the ebay scalping market that will always happen and i mean i understand that it's happening i mean we we had a couple of guys on the uh, you know facebook group that we're talking about they you know they wanted to get the latest um from a micro brand and was sold out in four minutes and it was kind of like well what do we do and you're like well maybe you could connect via a, a different internet connection like your phone instead of your wi-fi this sort of thing oh and also uh people scalpers used robots and bought all those watches so that they could flip them to sell them on ebay for 200 dollars more like that's you know like that is the market so we need manufacturers we need micro brands we need people to to just acknowledge that this is going like this exists and this is going to happen and and just they could just put a stop to it it's going to sour the watch collecting community i I feel like it's going to eventually get to the point where you can all you can already see a you know slight backlash online on these you know some of the Hodinky stuff. Uh, I mean that that Hodinky travel clock is almost become a meme now. I've heard several YouTubers mm. <laughs> link it into almost into like comical parts of their videos where they talk about it. it that Hodinky travel clock I think has become a meme that will uh, that will haunt them for a very mm. very long time. Oh yeah yeah. Because yeah, it was almost yeah. it was the most obtuse obscene limited edition right. thing that's right. come out i think yeah yeah it, it definitely embodies like you think of like all of the stuff they had like maybe kind of crazy stuff they had leading up to that and then they went and like just just over the top <laughs> and so you're just like it's yeah it, it, it over over the top the whole the whole meme absolutely but. so that was yeah so hopefully i'll keep an eye on this bamford one Um, But anyway, okay. so before we dive into our main story, let's just pause for a very quick ad break. Hey, it's Chris from the Casual Watch Talk podcast. As our longtime listeners know, we often talk about cars here on the pod, and that's no coincidence. Like a lot of mechanical watch lovers, we're both into cars and racing. A couple years ago, I curated a collection of automotive-inspired straps and started the Campionato Club. Campionato Club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO. Check out Campionato Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O-N-A-T-O dot club. Leading up to that, and then they went and, like, just just over the top. <laughs> and so you're just like, it's, yeah, it, it, it over over the top, the whole, the whole meme. Absolutely. But... So that was, yeah, so hopefully, I'll keep an eye on this Bamford one. Um, but anyway, okay, so before we dive into our main story, let's just pause for a very quick ad break. Hey everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. So for our main topic now, we're going to do an introduction to watch modding. I am not uh, a watch modder, but Chris is, so hopefully I can ask questions that I think are on your mind if you're thinking about modding a watch. Now, if you like this series then we can cover it again on the podcast or maybe we can do a sort of a mini series over on the the youtube channel but um chris let's start with what i'm interested in how you got into watch modding because there's this kind of bravery factor isn't there where you're like oh Mm -hmm. i'm taking a watch that because even an skx is what at the time that you bought it, i mean they've gone crazy now but at the time you got it was like 200 or something yeah my my uh my seiko turtle was was how i started and yeah three three hundred dollar three hundred dollar investment on bracelet and you're like hmm, okay um and at the time i mean i think my most 
expensive watch. I had a uh, Hamilton uh, khaki that uh, was, you know, we're in the retail, like five, six hundred dollars. I, you know, so uh, it started with I obviously saw that this was a possibility that like, I, you know, I see this on YouTube and we're talking about it. Um, so, okay. The, the folks and uh, Instagram as well. I mean, some of the watch modders over on Instagram, I mean, just the stuff that they do that, that they can do, uh, is, is, was super fascinating to me and looks super cool. So to have that unique piece where, you know, oh, it just has the, the one that I was, I was certainly fascinated in the same, it tickled the same vein fancy that, that is a uh, car modification, you know, yes. like, oh, I can have, I can have it. I can put a bigger turbo in it or I can have this modification, you know, I can flash the ECU or, you know, something like that. So in that same sort of way, like, oh, I could make this unique, be whatever I wanted it to be. Um, and so I started out and I watched there's a there's a couple of channels on YouTube certainly covering this and there were a couple of sort of specific modding channels that I think are still around but kind of had come and gone this is maybe two two and a half three years ago yeah they run out of content don't they I think once they've covered all bit. the main bases that it's hard to I know certainly there was a few that I watched as well and just before we dive into this before you open your watch by the way you're just going to st- immediately void your warranty on any of this stuff so <laughs> right, go yeah, into yeah. it with open eyes yeah 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 exactly warranty gone yeah. So uh, there's one that stuck around that um, that does professional watch uh, repair um, called the Watch Repair Channel, and great guy over there. And his videos are are enjoyable to watch. Super close up macro shots of stuff. And when he's using some of these techniques, um, you know, getting the hands off, taking movement out, you know, to the, like what level of um, it's sort of you you see okay you know you sort of like get an idea like oh maybe this is possible yeah maybe i could maybe i could pull this off um and then it became a financial decision for me because i said okay well i'm not i'm not gonna get into all this like crazy watch modding stuff and i'm not gonna buy all the tools and and maybe not you know learn this new uh technique this new skill so i ordered a set of hands off of ebay with the uh with the lollipop second hand for the sego turtle it's uh the uh what's it the 6250 the original turtle i think something like that but it had the original turtle had the lollipop seconds instead of the uh white hand with the lollipop on the back side uh so i was interested in, in changing out the hands and then the stuff that I had no problem, uh, and this is something I would suggest that you start with, is um, the bezel and the bezel insert um, is a good is a good place to start. That's a you know it's a it's a little more forgiving than any of the tiny tiny little watch parts um, where you're where you're popping a bezel off, where you've got to sort of protect the surface of the watch um, and use a tool to get in there, a knife to get in there to pop the bezel off. Their friction fit on there. Mm. Um, so I had, I changed over to a, uh, ceramic 12 hour, um, bezel insert and I just wanted these hands installed. So I went to a local watch shop and they quoted me, I think $180. Yeah. And now that I think about it, now that I've done all this, of, of course, to have a master watchmaker take the time with my little Seiko mod and pop some hands on that that price is probably reasonable yeah it's risk versus reward for them isn't it because if they mess it up yeah they mess it up and also and also um just like guys that modify cars uh the dealership doesn't want to deal with us you know because we come in and we're like and they're like oh you know you you know we oh we have a problem with the transmission and the dealership's like well yeah well you change the ecu and you change the turbo and you change you know and they just and then it becomes this and and we get this reputation, so it's that same sort of thing. So I I, I understand, but at the same time, I was like uh, 180. Went to another place, sort of similar, got a similar quote, you know, 150 something like that, you know, to to do it. Um, and I said, okay, 
I've looked at this watch repair channel. I've looked at these watch monitor channels on YouTube. Um, what is it? What a set? Of, what does a set of tools take to just to just starting out? To just you know, because I'm a if you're mechanically inclined, and maybe I can pull this up. You can pick up a set of tools to do this, a decent set of tools to do some basic watch modifications for about a hundred to two hundred dollars. You know, right in that budget. If you have a two hundred dollar budget, you will have everything you need to get started. Um, and we'll kind of talk about some of the tools that you should start with. Yep. Um, but I got right. I said, you know, why not? Why not? We'll order. We'll order some some tiny little screwdrivers and and the different parts you need. So, you know, a watch holder, a movement holder, the the particular tools that take off the hands. Um, and, uh, over at the watch repair channel, they use a technique to take off the hands where they use a piece of plastic and, you know, everybody's got a Ziploc bag, little tiny Ziploc bags. So you just cut it and you just lay a piece of plastic over and then use whatever tool that you would have to pull those hands off. But it really like protects the dial. It's amazing how effective that is. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think one of the, one of the, one of the first tools that, that is, Highly recommended that I think gets not mentioned enough is actual Rodico, the sticky green, the like it's like sticky tack is what is what my wife called it the first time she saw it. So it's very similar. Yeah, it looks like blue tack tack. in the UK. Yeah, blue tack. Exactly. Um, I went out and I bought the actual like Bergeron. Bergeron is a Swiss uh, watch tool manufacturer and bought an actual block of this stuff was pretty you know pretty fairly expensive but as far as manipulating stuff without leaving any sort of debris or oils from your hands um and you've got like finger cots on but actually using it as a tool is is i i find that i go to that like if i need to pick up hands and stuff i i can't i can't necessarily do it with tweezers uh, but you grab grab that sticky tack like erotico pick it up put the hand where you need to be uh, and being able to manipulate it, and then it doesn't leave any residue um, and that sort of stuff. And you and you can actually clean any sort of uh, a lot of the residue and and stuff off of the dial with that. So you'd be cleaning the dial off, cleaning the hands off, etc. But I but I uh, I digress. On receiving all of these tools, I also bought a an old beat up uh 7009 Seiko on eBay that was four parts in repair that was just in whatever shape it was in I think I paid like 40 bucks for it um the 7009 movement is a predecessor of the 7S26 so very similar the winding mechanism works uh, pretty similar um and the way the the date complication is is fairly similar and practiced taking that apart and 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 pulling that out and and pulling off the little pieces um and, and that's that's definitely what kicked kicked it off to see if i could actually do it so bergeron it's it's interesting you just mentioned uh, bergeron there that is the gold standard isn't it if you if you were going yeah. all out and you wanted what the actual swiss watchmakers mm-hmm. use then bergeron's mm-hmm. the it, it's mm-hmm. um I don't know what car parts you'd have in comparison, but it's th- they are the the gold standard of watch. Right. It's tools. it's like getting an yeah. It's like an it's like getting an OEM part. So in your watch, uh, in your movement uh, manuals online, where where you'll you know you you'll download a PDF uh, of like an ETA movement that'll have they'll specify Bergeron oils and and tools in the manual uh you know so it's it's like yeah you're absolutely right it's like buying oem uh stuff you don't have to start with that and and i find much like much like most tools um you can get by with the hundred dollars worth of you know the watch watchmaking kit that the starter kit on amazon uh that'll certainly get you started but realize that the real thing in a lot of cases is so much better. Um, I went on to actually buy a real set of Bergeron screwdrivers and they are so much better. (laughs) 
Yeah, the, that was uh, twice the price of all the tools up until then. <laughs> so, but uh, like I think the like $230 set. Um, but I felt I'd, I'd progressed to a point where, okay, I, I enjoy this. I can do this. Um, the second biggest thing is magnification and optics. So like getting, being able to see what you're working on and getting used to manipulating parts and pieces at that level and and practicing with a beat up movement or you know like i said i picked up like a 50 dollar you know something on on ebay or like a used movement or whatever and even even a brand new movement is fairly inexpensive now you know 30 40 dollars that you could try um one of the issues that i had uh i'm uh left eye dominant even though i'm right-handed and so I had to like figure out like what was going to work best for me. Um, there are the guys that use the stereo vision. So it's like basically uh, like your dentist, uh, you know, would have a, a two, two eyeglasses or like a, a pair of uh, magnifiers on both eyes and you sort of see it in stereo. I absolutely can't do that. <laughs> it's, it's too difficult for me to like spatially find where the thing is um, and my eyes get all crossed up. So um, figuring out sort of how you're going to work with in, in magnification, getting a good set um, uh, that, you know, maybe clips onto, I have one that clips onto my, uh, like a set of reader glasses. That's, that's pretty good. Um, and then getting in and, and getting used to handling parts and pieces. So it's funny when you're looking through a 10 X loop at like, let's say the, the mainspring of a, a watch movement that is like looking at a 15 inch pizza. Like that's how big that makes it. And so after sitting at, your, at a workbench and kind of looking at these parts and pieces, you, they look huge to you, but then you look up and you, you know, take a breath, take off your glasses and you realize that this thing is, is smaller than your fingernail. Yeah. That's why it's quite uh, one of the things that I wasn't expecting to be quite so, hard or at least I, I in my mind i didn't think it was quite hard but you really showed me over a course of many weeks was how precise the regulation on the watches are especially on the japanese movements where they struggle to mm -hmm. hold regulation in certain positions and so much stuff then goes into that and and once so i, I feel like your first step is uh you know the intro to watch modding is um if you switch out a movement, you should be, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's something that's pretty, you know, uh, pr pretty easy to handle as far as maybe your first, uh, big project. Um, it's going to require you to cut, a, a stem for a crown. Um, so you'll need the tools to do that and then, uh, lock tight that back on and, and sort of figure out the spacing tons of YouTube videos on how to do that. Um, hand removal. So just, any time that you need to get into a watch movement, it's going to require you to take the hands off to remove the dial to get into the movement, uh, especially the calendar side. Sort of, uh, I'd say, you know, start there. That's sort of like your first, you know, your first uh, practice is 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 to get in, in there. And then once you start even talking about like all of the gears, the gear train, and the mainspring and, and the movements. And uh, uh, if you start actually digging into the pieces and parts there, so many little things go into like how clean it is, is you, it has to be unbelievably spotless. So, I mean, I have a little, uh, like a HEPA filter for in my, uh, in my office that, that just circulates and, and removes the fine small dust. It helps me immensely because then I can just, I take something apart and then it's not immediately covered with dust. Again, once you get a 10 X loop on, you're going to be like, Whoa, <laughs> where did all this come from? <laughs> um, and, uh, so, so that helps to, you know, to keep the dust down, but lubrication of all the parts so that, that, manual that i would talk about whether it's eta or, or seiko or miyota um they'll have exactly how much oil that needs to go on each individual part in each individual jewel and the gear train and the pallet and the and the and the mainspring etc and so if any of that is not quite right 
it can completely throw off the speed, the timekeeping of the of a watch. And I certainly realize that that is like it's one of those things where it's like you get started with something where it takes you like, you know, minutes to learn, lifetime to master. <laughs> you know, very easy to disassemble and put back uh, you know, put back, put, put a watch movement back together, take it apart, put it back together. I used to do, um, I used to do laptop repair like 15, 20 years ago. And so like taking apart, you know, tiny little screws, motherboards, tiny little computer parts, you know, that would like kind of snap together. This all makes sense to me, but with watches and a watch movement, learning all the tricks and learning all the skills necessary to put it back together so that it keeps perfect time you're going to that's a lifetime to master yeah that's a that's a really interesting before we finish up I, i'd like to know how many watches do you think you've modded now and are there certain brands that you feel like lend themselves or certain movements that you think would be the place to start if you were wanting mm-hmm. to change the hands or whatever i think i probably um i'll if i were to if i were to say I probably have modded and sold uh, about 10. Um, I've, I've modded many more, uh, several of my own personal watches. Um, lots more that I modified and then went back and modified again and are now still just an empty case in the, in the watch box and maybe waiting for some inspiration. Um, uh, so, you know, certainly uh certainly had lots of fun the one that i the one that i had the most fun with was a i did a a sort of an homage space watch which i called the space turtle and i'll uh, make sure to post a picture up in the facebook group and uh crystal times is a is is a company that you'll definitely hear when you start to do watch modifications they have cases and crystals and and parts and pieces um, and they came out with a blue anodized turtle case. And the way they had it with a 12-hour sort of countdown uh, bezel insert, it just, I had to, I was like, I immediately was inspired to do a Seiko turtle watch if it was for the space shuttle astronauts. So this didn't happen, but sort of like took that as an inspiration to say like, all right, well, what if Seiko had produced a mechanical Seiko turtle for yeah. the space shuttle? And so um, that that's kind of my, that's kind of been my best, you know, because it was a, uh, it was sort of, I was very inspired to do it. And then the, the stuff that I picked, the pieces and parts that I put together. Um, it's also helpful if you have, um, a visual background if you can mock it up because there's tons of pictures of this stuff if you can mock it up in like a visual program on your computer beforehand like photoshop or something where you can sort of say like okay what's this going to look like with these hands on it with this dial um it really helps to have an idea of what it's going to look like at the end um when you're when you're doing stuff like this but uh, i have I started with Seiko. I definitely still say um, that's where the the biggest mod scene is, so to speak. Um, so anything SKX, um, m- there's now three or four companies that make SKX cases that that you can buy for less than. I mean, back in the day, two years ago, I would find an SKX on sale for like $180. Yeah. And it wasn't too bad because you got, you know, you got a movement you could mess with, you get the hands, you get the, you know, you got the, the case and the bracelet and et cetera, et cetera. So it wasn't, wasn't too bad, but you're certainly not like you, this is going to be a hobby. This is going to be, you're certainly not going to make money doing this because you know, the the part we've already talked about the tools necessary, but then like the parts pieces. And the good thing with the they mentioned with Seiko movements is that pretty much any modern Seiko movement, including the TMI ones, they all take the same handset, don't they? Right, exactly. So then you you can just you know you have once you get into that SKX world, um, you've got there's a couple movements that will just drop into into any watch. Um, the most the you know the most complicated thing you have to worry about is 
a three o'clock dial versus a four o'clock dial where the crown is at four o'clock. Yeah. Because that will change how the calendar is. So like the count. So if you take a if you take a calendar out of a three o'clock uh, crown watch and you try to put it in a four o'clock crown watch, it, it doesn't because you're shifting the dial, you know, 40, 40 degrees or whatever. Uh, the wheels don't line up. Uh, but that's you know I'd say maybe that's the one of the only gotchas. Uh, search on eBay for SKX hands. Um, like I said, mod, uh, tons of mod sites out there, uh, case, uh, that make cases and crystals and sort of whatever your imagination, uh, can, can go for it. And especially if you start with an SKX compatible, you get the, you get the benefit of the most amount of dials that you can find the most amount of bezel inserts, the most amount, you know, um, and even there are some companies that are making, uh, and like this, like the space turtle, um, that case was a turtle case. So it was that, that same style, but it was sized to take SKX parts. Yeah. So it really takes advantage of the fact that like, okay, so what, so now you have the case that you want, but then you can take, and then you, okay, I, you got this cool SKX bezel you can put on there and da da and et cetera. So uh, definitely the place to start. I ha- I have progressed through it to the point where I'm now looking into um, some of these more you know, more advanced classes, like like you mentioned with the Walbrook will be uh, will be a very advanced uh, advanced setup because we figured out that it's a it's a similar the movement is a similar size, and to give that watch hacking. Um, so do a movement swap on, on basically, a you know, a lesser known, you know, that that's the, uh, the mod scene over in, and the Miota movements is not, is not as big. And once you get into ETA movements, now you're talking, you know, it's no longer a movement that you can pick up on eBay for $40. Uh, we're talking, you know, I've seen them in the 200, you know, ETA, a basic three hand ETA, it's going to be in a $200. So you better have the experience of taking apart and putting back together a thousand SKXs before you dig into an ETA, uh, ETA movement. But, uh, it's been enjoyable. And I, you know, and I hope those couple of tips, uh, like I said, uh, basic toolkit, something, you know, on Amazon, you can certainly pick up for 110, $150. Um, and then, and then, you know, get, get in there and practice and, uh, you know, have, have fun with it. Enjoy it. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much for that, Chris. And let us know over on the Facebook group. If you, if you want to hear anything specific and maybe we can cover it on another topic or make, as I said, make a little video series on the YouTube channel. I think that would be interesting as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, guys, as always, we really appreciate you listening and we'll see you all next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks guys. Bye.